Yo, so we saw, um, I don't even know, it must have been for Ocean's 8, but we saw the trailer for the new Harry Potter movie. Oh, the oh new god. Fantastic Beasts? Yeah. Oh my god, it looks so bad. It looks like trash. It looks awful. It looks, it so, looks so bad. Like, it looks, <laughs> like, I'm kind of impressed with how bad it looks. I know, it's gonna be, um, it just looks like white nonsense TM, like, Truly. One through ten. I mean, ten. Jude Law playing Jude Law. Uh, Jude yeah, Law exactly. playing Wizard Jude Law. Oh my god, fucking A. Who looks or acts nothing like Dumbledore. Oh, I learned... Uh, pre-recording, we were talking about binge mode and how they're doing Harry Potter. And uh, Jude Law apparently tried out for the part of Tom Riddle. Huh. Okay. Interesting. And now he's young Dumbledore, right? Right. Wait, Tom okay. Riddle, when? Like, Chamber of Secrets, Tom Riddle? Uh, yeah. Was, wow, God, is that how old Jude Law is? Yeah. I, I thought he was older know. than that, Jesus. Wait, how old did you think, how, how old do you think he is right now? I think he's in his 40s right now, is that not the case? That, that's correct, yeah. Fuck, is that how long this movies were ago? Siri, how old is Jude Law? <laughs> God, I'm so fucking old. Oh, oh my God. He's 44. Yep. He's 44. Okay, so God, what would sorry. he? He wouldn't have been a teenager <laughs> back in like the nineties then. I mean, yeah, no, but, but like, he, but he could have played young looking. Played young. Yeah. He's got a young face. I was about to say he's like, got right. that Brad Pitt young face, uh, right? He's got like that boyish thing going on, or whatever the fuck you want to call. I it. thought you were going to tell me that Jude Law like auditioned for a role in Star Wars, and I was like, no, no, <laughs> he can't have this. Jude Law is Anakin. <laughs> Oh it's my god. Not. All right, I'm really upset. We're going to start the pod for real. Now. Yeah, let's do a Star Wars. Star Wars. I hate sand. <laughs> <laughs> it's coarse and it's irritating. Oh gets everywhere. It's everywhere. Oh. We're in the pod. We haven't Oh my god. Pod. Okay, let's see how we need it. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Book Wars Pod. I am Chris. I'm here, as always, with Kate and Kristen. And today we are going to be reading, uh, or talking about, rather, chapters 15 through 21 of Catalyst by James Lucino. We're actually doing we're dramatic. reading it out loud. Yes, we're doing a dramatic <laughs> reading, and the reason there's all three of us is because we're all doing voices. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. We Kate's, absolutely... Kate's going to do Lyra. I'm going to do Galen. Oh, Kate's going to do Krennic. I'm going to do it. Oh, no, I'm going to do Jim. No. Uh, you're gonna do child. <laughs> the child. Oh my god! Again with the child in this one. Oh it's like god. like they have to have told him, right? They this. have to have told him that Krennic doesn't know Jin's name. I adore <laughs> the Krennic point of view sections because he's just like, oh, uh, the child. It's it's just it's uncanny. It's so good. I'm, I'm just in the background going, the child intensifies. <laughs> I love you. Anyway, before we get the fuck into not reading this and just talking about it spoiler alert uh, what are y'all drinking um i am having what the fuck is this um they just exploded on me as cakes had to listen to you for like 15 minutes before we started the pod this is new belgium tartastic uh strawberry Ooh. lemon ale because i was looking for a sour this isn't quite a sour honestly this is more of a can i try it tasty... it sounds like more it sounds like more of a, it's a tasty um... lager 
what the fuck are they called when they mix them with juice? A yeah. Rattler. Uh, shandy. Oh. Yes. Shandy Rattler. Same yes. thing. That's good, but yeah, you're right. That's yeah. not a sour. Uh, no, it's not a sour. Alas. I do like mm. that, though. That's very tasty. Yeah, it's not so bad. Um, so I does am... It, does it say ale on it or lager oh, on it? No, it's, it says ale. Okay. Uh, so, interesting. What fucking ever, I guess. No. The only reason I ask that specific weird question is because if it really is mixed with something, they have to call it a malt beverage. <laughs> oh. Like, by law. <laughs> so, like, if you ever look at, like, um, if you ever look at any sort of, like, traditional Rattlers, like, even just this, the regular Stiegel that most people are used to in the orange can, it mm-hmm. says, like, malt beverage. <laughs> even, like, oh. it's not a fucking 40. It's just mixed with <laughs> grapefruit soda. <laughs> that is truly fascinating i um that's a weird alcohol law that's fascinating i am i i put this thing down on the table and of course i have to drink everything out of a straw and i think the straw was kind of inhibiting um airflow or whatever the fuck because i put it down a little too hard on the table it blew up which is what you're hearing yeah topped yourself off i did i did wait did it blow up through the straw a little bit huh yeah I don't know. Well, we're putting a picture up of um, the sad straw inside the bottle. You'll kind of see why it blew up because uh, it's quite a quite a blockage. Chris is drinking nothing. Yeah, I'm drinking Chris, water. I thought and... we were over this. Well, no, you're drinking water. I'm drinking water. I'm drinking water. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with the water, but I'm drinking water. Hey, that uh, I told you I was just tired of you drinking fucking nothing. Yeah, you so know what? I am well hydrated. Water. It's great. Well, I dr- I'm drinking water. Well, because I was I was actually gonna considering having a beer, but I've had a lot of cookies today, and I'm trying to that, not that's overload fine. stuff. That's great. We appreciate you with- trying to stay healthful. No, it's it's a good thing. I'm done with my diet bed, so I don't even care. Yeah, I'm done with one of them. <laughs> not done with the other one yet. <laughs> um, not done with the I other one, drinking- and it's been a week in America, so. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking a Uinta Northwest style IPA. Um, which, if you listened to me and Brian's beer pod, um, which we will be plugging later, just because, of course, um, this is exactly what I was drinking. It's a West Coast style IPA. Um, it's kind of characterized more of like an ale. It's not super heavy IPA. Um, it's six point three. So it is Northwest style IPA, but it's also like a little bit lighter than some of the other beers that I've had on here that are like truly uh, <laughs> Northwest style IPAs. This is a uh, from um, Salt Lake City, Utah. So uh-huh. uh, they're they're oh the irony. It's one, yeah, well one one of Quinn's faves. Um, you went to brewing, so we we can get it here, and we tend to tend to stock up on it so that's well what maybe I'm when we're drinking. in salt lake later this year we will have to track them yeah, down yeah when are you going. bitches in salt lake i'm coming we're there for one weekend in august <laughs> yeah oh yeah, my if i'm, my if I'm who, not in denmark <laughs> <laughs> yeah um um my friend who's decidedly not a mormon and probably can tell me where to get that beer um she is getting married so yay Sorry, I just yelled at Quinn because I thought he had music on, but he has his headphones on so loud that I can hear them <laughs> through his headphones and in my noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> That's not, that can't be good. That's a disaster. No okay. shit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, shh, and he was like, what? And I took one ear off. He's literally listening to his cans, and I can hear it. Well, I also have, like, extremely good hearing, so that's part of it, too. You do. <laughs> oh, I have very bad hearing. Like, little bat hearing. Anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, should we talk about Star Wars, y'all? Yeah. 
if we must. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> As is the point. Yes. Um, so this is turning into, um, again, uh, mining pod for today. <laughs> fucking A. Oh, oh my, my God. Well, I mean, God. this is so interesting, though. We're learning so much from this book that I didn't think we were going to. Right? And I don't know why I didn't think we were going to, because I'm like, this is a pre-Rogue One book, and in Rogue One, they talk a lot about kyber crystals and fucked up weapon shit so i don't know why i <laughs> didn't think we were going to get more of a background in that but i didn't because i'm well me. it's different from all the other star wars books so far like it's very and we're gonna it's, i think talk about this a little bit on the wrap-up but it's a very it's a much more uh science heavy book uh, in the science yeah. fiction genre yeah it's like I'm- super explanatory as far as like Mm-hmm. How like it's more explanation than we've ever got behind the science of kyber crystals, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that because since I'm such a let me do let me do all the literary nerd analysis sorts of things. <laughs> um No, we're here for it. Yeah. But yeah, no, totally. That's that's totally true. Um but before we get into kyber crystals, can we talk about fucking dunium for five minutes? Always. Oh my dunium. god. Wait, what's the other thing that they like have brought up a couple times in this section? Oh, it's, it's like fucking... dunium and something else. Dolovite? Dolovite, yep. Okay, cool. Or dolovite, do... one of the some combination do... of those, yeah. Do we know what that does yet? Mm. No, I think it's just like dunium. Similar to dunium. Okay, sorry. Just we had we have I don't think we've heard about it before now. I don't think so. That is correct, yeah. Typical I'm assuming it's just like a similar metal. Right. Me question. Is this new or am I an idiot? <laughs> oh, no. No, not um, an idiot. Just like, is my memory bad and I don't remember anything? <laughs> no, 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 no. It, this is not, this has not been a thing beforehand. I don't, I'm obviously I haven't read this book, so I don't know if it gets explained further, but yeah, it's just lots of metal, like, because the empire wants the D. Yep. Sure do. <laughs> Both Ds. Big yeah. Ds. Yeah, I mean, it it got explained, to, I think, as much as it's gonna in that. The Empire that, wants it. Well, yeah, we had that chapter where Galen's like, they're like taking this ore, and this is used to shield hypermatter reactors and super laser weapons. Oh. Yeah, I just did a quick search on it, I think, from this section. And it's, uh, <laughs> they always say genium and dolovite kind of in one breath. Um, yeah. They say yeah. it in chapter 16 a bunch. And then um, when they're talking about the like planet where they mine things under the water, they say dunium, melenium, dolovite, and camerus. Okay. And I'm like, melenium, that just sounds like a Melu run, but an ore. <laughs> <laughs> just pretty funny. Yes. Exclusively found in fruit. Ew. Yeah, and and then I think in twenty one they also say dunium and dolovite, and it's like funny. How did the how did it end up being dunium and dolovite to just dunium? Because that's all we've really heard about. I right. mean, we've heard like other metals, whatever, but like we know dunium by name for sure. Right. Yeah, I assume they have a similar function, like Chris was saying, but probably dunium is at least a smidge more common than dolovite is because they're. They're still trying to find dunium, and they're still finding dunium, obviously, right. by the time we get to other books. Oh, that's a that's a great thought. <laughs> See, I went the other way and was like, dolovite's not as important, so they're not looking for it. Dunium's the most important. So we'll see. I'm it's sure also possible that an it's... Answer. Yeah, it's also possible that, I mean, it's just not... That dolovite's just not as durable or conductive or whatever the fuck, so... Yeah, it could be, like, you know, maybe they're doing an alloy that needs, like, three parts dunium to one part dolovite or something like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The pe- the people must be enamored by our uh, theoretical Star Wars geology talk. 
But how many protons does an atom of dunium have? Where does it fit on the periodic table? I would actually love to know because this is how much of a nerd I am. I almost majored in chemistry, guys. So, um, dude, same though. I want to know that, and I want to know the uh, like unprocessed Tabana gas. Yes. Yeah. What is that made out of? What are, what's the chemical makeup out of, out of a kyber? That in this book, right? We do. Yeah, very yeah. briefly, yes. What's what's the chemical makeup of a kyber? I told you, it's diamonds. Well, yes, but it's, it's magical diamonds. It's, it's diamonds in the forest. Diamonds. Imagine diamonds. It's diamonds and midichlorians, and that's all it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, good, good, good. That's a great theory, Kate. <laughs> Actually. Diamond plus midichlorian equals kyber, kyber. crystal. <laughs> such an asshole all right speaking step, of assholes, step four equals profit we're definitely not off track again okay well speaking of being an asshole so um what we see here um obviously we're in this book we're seeing very very closely the transition between the republic and the empire and we're starting to see um the roots of the empire just in later books and movies just being able to slide into your planet fuck it up in order to dig up all your dunium and then explode it, basically. Either metaphorically or literally. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, yeah. I guess it shouldn't surprise us, but they're starting, you know, they're, it, not only do we figure that out as a tactic, right, which we kind of knew, um, but we hear that there are basically, like, environmentally protected worlds, um, or formerly environmentally protected yeah. worlds. Yeah. Um, and and those are those they go after first because they they're like no mining. Well, you know, minimal mining is set up there, and that's where we can get the most resources from. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. That's fucking bananas. Right. I mean, it's literally the um, equivalent of try opening up opening up gas drilling in the Arctic. Right. It's. It's like yes. one of those, one of those I was going to say, there's no uh, parallels to anything that's going on right now. No, none. Absolutely none. No uh, one's setting water <laughs> on fire on any of those planets. <sighs> no, not, none of that. None of that was happening. Um, but it's interesting how the Empire, instead of just like automatically just making a land grab like they do later, they're, they're really like ramping themselves up, right? Like they're doing this um, really underhanded shit right now, which is fascinating just like pretend like just kind of like pretending that there's going to be an uprising on this planet and, sh- and shipping them their own fu- these planets their own fucking weapons and being like oh look the fucking rebellion let's just grab yeah. this shit up and do whatever we want i guess and this isn't the f- this definitely isn't the first time we've seen like underhandedness within the empire itself totally not just for like for power but just for whatever means and I think it's really interesting because I was like, oh, in my head, I had always just been like, Palpatine was like, go fuck up every planet. Right. Get yeah. all the dunium, put it into the Death Star. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, too. oh, that, that not how it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I always thought that as well. And I think another interesting aspect of it is, you know, they're starting with these legacy worlds, not just because of the resources, but just because they're less developed and there's no strong voices to speak out kind of like we saw with the um the bancora refuge where they built galen's new facility that made me sad it was i like, know it's like setting the ants on fire in lord of the rings no it's like it's like the deforestation of the amazon with all those tribes that like oh, have never encountered people that's fucked and then up. they just get like bulldozers crapped on them 
I'm sad. Chris, I, would, I know. I would push back with your no, and I would say yes, and. What? Okay. <laughs> I don't remember what I, I said. I, no, oh. you, you. Kate just like came up with an apt comparison, oh. and we're like, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, yes, and Kate was also right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, white man. Nope. No, I'm, I'm hiding. <laughs> sorry, hiding sorry, I mean to. No, 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 no. Don't, don't be sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Just kicking off the week by telling his wife she's wrong. <laughs> oh God. All righty. Oh Lord. Although, but no, to be fair, Kate I do is say exactly no, right. No, no, yeah, no means yes. Yeah, <laughs> and I say it all the time. Yeah, exactly. White people. <laughs> say what no, you we're mean. The, we're the worst. But no, we can't. We, we mean we no, never, yeah, no. Yeah, we mean no, yeah, no. Exactly. To, to to your point, Kate, it is very much like the destruction of these, like, you know, more idyllic societies that have no way to defend themselves and no one to speak for them because they're so small and less developed. And it's presumably similar to that on Legacy Worlds. Chris, what if they had a Lorax? Clearly they didn't, Kate. <laughs> Clearly they fucking Guys, didn't. I, I legitimately hate Dr. Seuss. So. Oh my there god. There was nobody oh, yeah, I forgot about to that. speak for the trees. <laughs> um, but yes. But like, it's it's really, it speaks really, really loudly to things that are going on. Because it's like, here, y'all can have this sanctuary world. Nothing bad will ever happen to you. It's ours now, motherfuckers. I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> You told them they can have it, and then you gave them smallpox blankets. <laughs> this is bad. Oh, no, that's so true. Well, yeah, we'll also talk about this a little later on the pod, but it's also depressingly uh, telling and prescient with the... Isn't, isn't that, like, isn't that illegal? Eh, laws can be changed. So oh, they can. So they can, Otherberry. Uh, this is not relatable at all. Anyway, moving right along. Yeah, this is not relatable and or shit yourself inducing. Um, This is why we we don't like Star Wars, right? Yep. Because it doesn't give us a lens to, in which, through which to look at our lives. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. We should keep politics out of Star Wars. Like, I don't know why people are putting their politics in Star Wars and making, you know, statements because they've never ever Luke done that. Luke isn't dead, okay? Luke shouldn't have died. Oh my god. He's not dead. Hashtag, hashtag not my, not my sequel. What is it? Not my Luke. <laughs> not my Luke Skywalker. I don't even know. Not my, not my, not, not my Kylox what? Yeah, see. Oh, Jesus Christ. Alright. I'm, I'm, I'm forcibly moving us along now. <laughs> Um, I need more beer. That's for you, Southern Cynic. Um. <laughs> anyway, getting back to the point, I do like that we see in this, like, already starting is just the same sort of, like, eminent domain, like, taking over shit that we see, uh, very much to your point, Keeks, that we've seen before in Thrawn and Ahsoka, and I think a little bit in Rebel Rising, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, because those books take place closer to order 66 yeah exactly. so well uh yeah, yes yes uh, yes ish did you say yes yeah yes ish <laughs> um well and we see saw in the section too sorry that was a non sequitur just no we do it's non- true non sequitur i uh, <laughs> jesus christ god, we're insufferable today oh my god <laughs> um i just want to make the point that um you know i 
yes, we see this eminent domain shit, but it becomes more and more insidious, obviously, as it goes along. Like, the the, the Empire comes in, they're like, at first, they're like, on these grounds, we're doing this thing. And then by the time you get to some of the later books, they're just like, mm, don't care, mine now, yoink. So. Yeah, you can definitely see that, like. There's a progression. They need that plausible deniability of why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And at least that's at first. Yeah, at, at, exactly. In, at this moment in Catalyst, yeah, they do. Totally. But then once they've consolidated their power, they don't. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, have... no, yeah. Kate's right. Yeah. No, yeah, no. Kate's right. All right. We're talking about Kyber Crystals because I hate you both. <laughs> oh my God. These shits are crazy. Yes. All right. Keeks, I, I know you're my... excited, so go. Yeah. No, no. I think my favorite part, I mean, we're, you're going to talk more about the science side of it, and I'm just going to talk more about the me being excited about it and why I was, but... <laughs> no, it's good. I love it. I love it. My favorite part of this is, like, when every time Galen, like, took a step back and was like, were the Kybers resisting him? Were they like, fuck you, Galen? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because you're being a fucking weird crazy with these (laughs) stop doing this it's like you're not even talking like you don't even think you're working on the weapon even though you are and you're still like everything is like these kybers are not cooperating the kybers don't like the bad touch yeah exactly i'm not kidding though (laughs) no for sure well one thing i very much to that point one thing i found fascinating is you know, I'm sure it's just scratching the surface of what can be done with the Force, but we learned that basically this massive output of the Kybers that powers the Death Star is basically specifically tapping into the dark side energy of the Kybers. Oh, yeah, that's a good point slash connection mm. that I hadn't, like, I, like, saw, I read that, and I was like, huh, but I hadn't actually, like, extrapolated. Oh, that's, ooh. Yeah, right? It's wild. Ooh. I assume we're going to talk more about that in the wrap up, but I, I think so. Yeah, more about your thoughts on that now, if you have any, and if not, we can move on to the next Kyber point. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just it's it's so fascinating because, like, I feel like you really you get a larger sense in this book of just what a once in a generation, like once in a galaxy, genius Galen is because he is the one person who is able to even approach with science what the Jedi and the Sith can accomplish with the Force. He's like the one person who's able to, you know, midichlorian jokes aside, he's like the one person who's able to quantify and harness in his own small way the Force. Which I love deeply. Um, and I just like, I just want to read, I just want someone to like make a fake thing of like Galen's notes or something because I would legitimately read that because I'm such a giant nerd. Because... That's that's fascinating, you know. It's Star Wars has always been this interesting mix of you know, fake hard science and mysticism, and that all really comes together right here. But Kate, how did the bombs fall in space? I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> because the dreadnought was big enough to have its own gravity field. Okay, Chris. Um. Anyway, <sighs> what I was gonna say. No, it wasn't. But. That wasn't actual science. I'm not that... Whatever. I, know I don't the have to justify myself to you people. I know the answer. But go on. <laughs> um, of course Kate does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's so smart. Of course she is. Um, I just read things. I don't know. Anyway. I know. You're such a good reader. Um, I mean, what... Another thing that I was, like, most interested in is, like, Galen's insistence that, like, he 
he almost took it as like a given that the force exists, which I thought was interesting to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of like, here's the force they wielded. You know, the Jedi wielded this stuff and they kept it from us, which I'm like, okay, right. And yes. you can definitely see Lyra's influence in him. Yeah, oh, for sure. Absolutely. Well, and you can also see Krennic's influence in him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, which like they're very overt about in the book, which I think is interesting, like from Lyra's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, okay, I can see. I don't understand how the Jedi wielded these, but I th- I'm going to try to out. Excuse me, belching into the mic. I'm trying to outsmart the Kyber crystals. Almost, he's like, I can out science this. I can make them do things that they don't want to do, and I'm like. It's a Unix system. Why? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's just like so interesting. He's like, it's almost like, yes, Kate, absolutely. You can see Lyra's point of view because I I think if he didn't have Lyra, he wouldn't even say like the kyber crystals have a way they want to be used, right? He would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're crystals. I agree. Um, Yes. (laughs) But the way he is now, he's like, I understand that there's a way that Kyber crystals want to be, and I'm going to science the shit out of this to make them do whatever I want. And I'm like, okay. Yes, exactly. What could go wrong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be totally cool. Um, so some interesting things I just want to talk before we start talking a little bit about Galen and Lyra and the Jedi and points of view and such like. Um, just in terms of Galen's research, I just wanted to point out a few things that I thought I found cool I, that I found cool that obviously relate to other bits of Star Wars so um one of the things I think it's in this section or it was in the last one when Galen starts um really um studying the kyber crystals there's something about them that feels alive which is why I kind of made a midichlorian joke because he's saying that he, I, there's a point at which he says he's just looking at the surface and it's almost like, like it's breathing mm-hmm. like it's creating its own energy even without having energy pumped into it in order for it to refract and make a laser um which was really cool and it really explains how kyber crystals have personalities almost and you know we we know from the clone wars that um during the gathering arc um there are specific crystals that are called a specific jedi right so that explains a lot and also how they're conduits for the force because they're both alive in that connection to their to their user and also um kind of i mean everything generates an electric field but there's a, as a specific kind that can be harnessed for other things right um which is um what galen's um piezoelectric experiments are about um just in real science <laughs> right and just to interject for one second absolutely um and not to not to beat the Harry Potter to death in this in this pod, but no, please very do. Much like please just the, beat the that wand shit. chooses the wizard, Harry. It's like <laughs> you know, that's very much like the Kyber crystals, though. It's totally. like there's something you know in the Harry Potter universe. It's like magic, right? It's like some magical thing that that interacts with the human. Mm-hmm. And in the Star Wars world, it's like something that's like force wielding that resonates with the person it's like you know we see we see all the younglings go into the cave it's not like there's not there's fucking kyber crystals all over the place but each one of them is like called to one specific kyber crystal and that's why it's so interesting and kind of like hard to figure out i mean 
mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just remembering now, cause since we br- brought Harry Potter back into this, um, you know, when you can use another wizard's wand, but it'll, the wand will kind of sass you. It's kind of, I feel like it's probably the same with lightsabers. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. Like, it's interesting because um, there are, you know, I think the only lightsaber we really see get passed down in a family is um, Anakin's lightsaber um, from Anakin to Luke, and then obviously it calls to Ray. It resonates with Ray, but um, what do you call it? Like for for other for other people, like obviously, like you can borrow your friend's lightsaber or whatever the heck. But like usually, when somebody loses their lightsaber, you see them just make a whole new one because it's just not right or whatever, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting. Right. And that's an interesting thing, I think, too. It's obviously different. Not, I really don't need to spend this pod differentiating the world of Star Wars from Harry Potter. They're <laughs> different franchises. No, but I <laughs> but think like, it's... We see in Harry Potter that it's like one, one wand, the wand chooses the wizard in like a, it's a one-to-one thing, whereas like the, you can have multiple kybers, which I think is really fucking interesting. No, no that's, I, I mean, that's true. Um, it's... I mean, it's mostly one-to-one. Like, when Ron breaks his wand, he has to go get a new one, and it's actually a new one. Um, but Well, that yeah. wasn't his wand to begin with, though. We have to remember. Oh, yeah. He didn't have his own wand in the beginning. It's true. I, no, I, like, Sorry. I, for, for lack of a I'm better... I'm obviously deep into the HP universe uh, no, right I li- now. <laughs> I like it. I like it. For, for lack of a better term, though, like, I want... I, in the future, particularly, I feel like Old Republic would be a good time to delve into this. But I would love to know more about like lightsaber lore, for lack of a better term, and like yeah. just just delving more into that because like I, I have I have a couple points that I thought of this that I, I didn't remember until now, so they're not on the outline. Fuck you. But um, one in terms of passing down a lightsaber, one really interesting example that I think we all need to know more about is the dark saber. Ooh! Oh fuck yeah! Do we know for sure that that's a kyber crystal saber? Uh, I my uh, I, I we have no reason to believe sorry. it's not okay. right because it's a lightsaber. Yeah, like it's, it's it's specifically referred to as a lightsaber. Yeah, it's a Jedi light. It, it is a Jedi lightsaber too. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Um. No, All that's I heard a good one. from what Chris said is that he wants Coder to come back, but that's fine. Yep. Sure do. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. But two, and this is where. I just get into complete speculation, like mind-blowing speculation bullshit. Speculation in Star Wars, what? I know, right? But, so, the thing I found most interesting is when Galen was talking about how the crystals are indestructible. Or maybe it was Daggio, but someone was talking about how the crystals are indestructible. Oh, I like that. indestructible. Yes. I like that because they're also not. Because I, I, I actually wrote that, I took it off the outline, but I was like, wrote that down. I was like, no, they're not, but go on. Well, what is your reference to no they're not well it's interesting what's interesting is that they are indestructible up to a point Mm -hmm. so if you pump them full of enough energy he says that the lattice structure of the crystal changes and since we're calling kybers basically diamonds um you know they have a very rigid very specific um lattice structure anatomical structure um but if you destabilize that then it's really fucking unstable. Mm-hmm. And so you've got, like, examples from Rebels or even the Crystal Crisis arc of mm-hmm. the Clone Wars that was um, mostly unproduced. But if you pump it full of enough energy, it'll just blow the fuck up. Yeah. Yes. Yes to that. My <laughs> 
think what I found interesting is what, Chris? the implications of The Last Jedi. Ooh. Because that kyber crystal split in two. Uh-huh. And But Ray still has part of it, does she not? She has both halves. Okay. She has she has she has both halves of the kyber crystal okay. that are broken. Oh right, because Kylo just decided to take a nap. Go on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what are we and and honestly I doubt I think a lot of thought goes into the Star Wars universe. I doubt that this specific throwaway line in Catalyst went into the thinking in Last Jedi, and I don't know that we'll ever get an explanation of this. But for the sake of extrapolating to the wider universe, because that's what we do, like, there are some very interesting questions that we have to ask now about that scene in the throne room. Like, we know that kyber crystals are supposed to be essentially indestructible. We also know that kyber, kyber crystals have for lack of a better term, kind of a mind of their own within the force. Are we to... So there's a, there's a, a couple different conclusions that we can draw. One, are Kylo and Rey that powerful with the force? Or actually, one, is the force the only way to break a kyber crystal? Hmm. Two... It, you mean in that manner as opposed to blowing it straight up? Yeah, is, okay. is, is using up. the force the only way to break a kyber crystal? Right. In a, in a way that's vaguely controllable, I guess you could say. Yes. Okay. Um, two, are Rey and Kylo really that powerful that, they're, that their strength in the Force is equal to Death Star quantities of power? Or three, did the Kyber Crystal have agency in deciding to split? Or... You know, when Kylo says that lightsaber belongs to me in The Force Awakens, does it, does the, is the Kyber Crystal, like, of two minds, basically? Is it of mm-hmm. two minds, or is it, because I, I think we can assume that Kyber Crystals left to their own devices are of the light, I feel like, or at least of the balance. I was about to say, I, was, I would call them neutral, but go on, yeah. Neutral, but not in the Filoni sense, more in the Ryan Johnson than the Filoni sense. Okay, yeah. I think. Um, like, not in the light and dark equally sense. Right. Um, um, and if you want more on that conversation, we had it in our bonus <laughs> episodes on The Last Jedi. So go back and check those out. Yes, absolutely. Um, but does it have agency in realizing that it had become, in its in and of itself, a disturbance in the Force, and its time had come to stop being... This, this specific crystal and this specific lightsaber's time had come to stop being a significant item. And, Actually, that, it, and that it was... Time was up. The the crystal's actually tired of the Skywalker shit, so he decided to kill it. I mean, <laughs> like, relatable I mean, TBH. My my question is Kate's. I think Kate's question is sort of a joke, but <laughs> or Kate's point is sort of a joke, but not really. Um, and my question from that, I mean, I know in Catalyst, all the Jedi are super dead because um, Order sixty six. But my question is like. Is there any sort of function of the number of Force-sensitive beings tapping into the Force that have anything to do with it? Because we know, at least to a point, after Order 66, a lot of the Jedi did not use the Force, you know, to not get caught. (laughs) Case in point, Um, Kanan, yes. Yes. And we know that the Force ebbs and flows from... 
the force awakens like there has been an awakening that the the force itself had been in not hibernation because snoke and kylo were still able to use it but it was not at its peak of existence and we know that from ahsoka as well yes yeah, yeah yes go on and th- no, 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 that's that's just my question is like, okay, yeah. is it some kind of function of like those folks who are tapping into or those beings who are tapping into the force or not? I wonder, like, is it like, it, like, like, is the force a not a use it or lose it sort of thing, but like similar? Yeah. All, all, all great questions that I hope we get more mm-hmm. of, yeah. like more of the theoretical mythological side of Star Wars, which totally. we haven't gotten much of in canon. Totally. And I mean, as I was saying, I would really love to just can somebody like make like a you, okay when you were a kid did you ever have those like stupid guidebooks to like gemstones yes. like those little ones oh fuck yeah i just want one of those for kyber crystals like real real bad <laughs> um just because one of my favorite parts of the clone wars honestly was the gathering arc because of course we got so much information about um lightsaber creation and you know what's behind that um and you know it's mentioned in the book that a lot of that was passed on by oral tradition but also you know what's what else is behind that like geologically like scientifically um what are other beliefs that other um you know cultures may have had around kyber crystals like i would legitimately be fascinated by that kind of thing because i'm a dork also gunji yes yeah the quote quote modern jedi decided to also put a lot of that fucking lore into a droid which wasn't the (laughs) smartest thing they could have fucking done Yay! <sighs> anyway, choices. That's a clone episode, a rebels episode. Clones, Someone clone wars. Tell me. Season four, three, season four? something. I don't fucking remember. I don't know. Gunji's there. Gunji's there. Per- perfect angel baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um... Anyway, speaking of the Jedi, this seems like a good yeah place to move on to. And Kate, I know this was something that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So, um. The way I was originally looking at it when I wrote the outline is that Galen's kind of one view of how kyber crystals can be used and Lyra's of another, but I guess that's honestly, Galen's a little bit more in um, the conflicted zone, um, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Krennic's trying to harness them for scientific and really practical use, whereas Lyra sees them more as, like, um, spiritual part of, the, part of the whole idea of the Jedi religion, like the Jedi as a religion sort of thing. Um either way well yeah and you know what mm-hmm. starting this book i did i thought i was gonna like galen and Lear the whole way through because i like them in rogue one sure. right yeah and i'm like oh galen has a redemption arc fuck i know i know it's so hard i know which i love both love and hate because it's like Same. it's so because it's so good but also i just want to die even more now every time i watch rogue one. Oh my god he's the worst best though i know yeah. but oh, here's fuck. and i actually your your phrasing of this in the outline i know that you just kind of like said that you wanted to go back on it a little bit but i really love your framing of this because to me like you're looking at as how the Jedi use them versus how Galen wants to use them. Mm-hmm. And I look at it as Lyra and the Jedi are of the side that these are natural creations. They are essentially beings of their own and they need to be respected as such. Right. And one of the things I really love about Lyra's character now that you bring that up is that like, she's that's, she's very much tapped into, you know, the, um, the living force, right? Yeah. Like as it, as it's embodied in, 
nature and stuff. Like, that's her job. Like, I thought that yeah, really cool. But then on the other side, we have Galen, who, again, he's conflicted, but he's drawn more and more. And we can see the conflict growing within him of wanting to harness their power for his uh, society's gain, but essentially his own gain. Sure. And... I mean, he talks, like, about his legacy a little bit, right? Like, what what are people going to remember me for? Because I'm a fucking genius scientist. Yeah. And to me, that is the non-Force user road to the dark side. Like, that is the the way that Mm. the Sith manipulate the Force for their own good, make kyber crystals bleed to turn them red, and, like, like, completely dominate them in the way that Galen and Krennic want to dominate them that to me makes galen so much more of a fascinating character because he he isn't this useful idiot like he has agency right like he is making this choice to go shout out to shout out to useful idiot haas (laughs) literally called him useful idiot in this section correct (laughs) but like he he is making this choice much in the way that anakin like was conflicted and made his choice of like i have a goal and I need power to achieve that goal. I want to like lie on the floor now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, dad. Why did you talk about that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so it's interesting to think about how Galen is this, like how the Galen versus Lyra debate has these different angles to it because, you know, and Kate, the way you were framing this as like, how is, you know, to use to use your framing it of it on the outline, how is this emblematic of the or of the Jedi Order in the late Republic? But how is it emblematic of the conflict raging within the galaxy at the end of the Republic? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean here we are. <laughs> ah yeah, yeah, totally. No, it's no, it's absolutely true. And I mean, well what 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 part of what I was getting at with this is um, you know, I'm I'm thinking back to when we were reading Dark Disciple and there's that question of what are the Jedi for? You know, are they, are they this, you know, kind of on Lyra's side, they're supposed to be this monastic order um, who, you know, study the force, whatever the fuck. Um, Or are they supposed to, you know, be more active? Like as, you know, Galen's used for these Kyber crystals, you know, are they supposed to be on the front lines, like fighting the Clone Wars sort of thing? So I've just, I just thought it was interesting. Well, they and they bring in this interesting like point kind of in this book that we don't I don't think see explicitly elsewhere where they're like they literally ask the characters in the book was this the Jedi's thing to do or was it not? Mm-hmm. And it's like this is something that we've been talking about obviously on the pod, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but it's like this is something that other people are thinking about as well. Like, of of course it fucking is, but um, I think this is kind of like the first time we've heard about that, which is interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I wanted to point out is that um, there there's a lot of talk about how the Jedi kind of took the Kyber crystals for themselves. Like, they were pretty exclusively used in lightsabers and i guess there's some collectors out there who had these like giant you know kyber crystals because they were pretty or whatever um but you know was there a reason for that do we know but just besides that it was tradition or did the jedi specifically say these are ours goodbye get off get get your filthy mitts off of them do we know chris 
Um, we don't know explicitly within the canon. I mean, the way it's talked about in this book and the way, you know, we hear about Ilum in things like Ahsoka and things like that, it does seem like it is legally restricted. Okay. Um, and I would presume that the Jedi had a hand in crafting that law. Sure. Okay. Because... That's, and, that's all uh, speculation, though. Yeah. Keeks? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think, like, from a, a another purely speculative point, um, I side with Lyra in, like, the the Jedi kept these from us because they were powerful and we could not handle them because they could blow fucking everything up. Right, yeah, that, yeah, totally. That was going to be my next question. Like, if, if we're assuming that, you know, the Jedi had specific, um, I don't want to say ownership, but, you know, stewardship over... Kyber, then you know was that a good idea was that not a good idea but no keeks that's a, that's a fair point because when you science the shit out of things apparently you cause accidents such as the one on malpaz that look like a fucking nuclear plant blew the fuck up yeah yeah and i mean i think for me i agree with lyra i i mean but the jedi We've talked a lot about this in basically every episode at this point, but the Jedi were no angels at the end of the Republic, and they were very clearly, like, they very clearly were secretive and did and insular and had gone from this, frankly, this mythical status of being these warrior monks to more just being these unchecked warriors who... Like, I can, I can understand the frustration of somebody like Galen, again, who, going to the dark side or not, is a scientist who wants to know things. And, like, for no apparent reason, the Jedi are not telling him things. Right. Like, it's like almost, they, they abandon their commitment to teaching. Right. It's, it's almost like, you know, you think about, like, the witch hunts back in the day, except, like, there were actually witches. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, the witches back in the day were not witches, JFYI. If you didn't have a history. What? <laughs> nice. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Me and dad just <laughs> having witch banter. Great. <laughs> witch Let's talk about banter. authoritarianism. Let's. This, I don't know. I don't think there's a ton to say here, but like, because we've kind of talked about it before but like you just see literally the moment the republic falls the pieces are already in place for this authoritarianism to start creeping like the security the surveillance state we talked about this last episode too how like they don't they never really let the war officially end because they always want to have this air of like the people know security but the like the people who could do something about it are still afraid like and you know we have the surveillance state already exists with lyra you know, in a, you know, very telling moment. is like, can't we just call him Palpatine in private? Clearly not, because Krennic heard you. Awkward. I mean, that... It's not private.com. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it's not. <laughs> um, and then we also have, like, Reva and the scientists <laughs> are already afraid of speaking out. Like, Reva's, like trying to send coded messages because she's too fucking terrified for her own safety. 
my god and fucking thank god Lyra's smart she's like oh she's telling me where she is in case death and destruction mm-hmm. totally shit 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 fuck i know yeah. like yeah thank god Lyra's smart like the entire like crux of this book because galen might be a genius but he's a dummy <laughs> that's what this book should be called thank god Lyra's smart tm i know yeah well we'll and let's we'll talk about this more in the fourth section in the wrap-up once we get to like really the like the um mm-hmm. why can't i think of the literary term for like the climax of the plot the, the climax, climax the is plot. it just the climax <laughs> yes okay <laughs> what the fuck i don't know i don't know <laughs> Um, Did you take high school English? Yeah, I thought there was a different term. Um, Dad, you've read this before, right? Yes, I have. But so oh sometimes we call it the mountaintop when we're talking. That's, when we're that's story not the word I was looking for. It's <laughs> not the term I was looking for. Um, I'm just staring at you. I know. Um, anyway, when we get to the climax, and obviously we know that Galen and Lyra escape. Uh, we know that Saw helps, helps them escape, so we just need to get there. Sure. Um, but... As we get there, I want us to think about, as we're reading, what could have happened. Because, like, as you were just saying, like, thank God for Lyra, like, we'll go into this more, but the Empire could have had the Death Star 15 years earlier? I was supposed to say, like, right fucking now. Yeah. Like, the Rebellion wouldn't have been equipped. Like, the Rebellion was, at that point, still bail? I was supposed to say, a piece of shit? It was still, yeah, it was... <laughs> It was it was basically Bale on the Tantive with Fulcrum. And that was it. Yeah. You know, just looking at like what our timeline is from Ahsoka. Totally. So like Dang. it it's part of what I love about this wider universe is like you see these ripple effects. Like they are they are real and they are meaningful. And you see these small events and the way that they weave the tapestry of this galaxy no i love how you point that out because um i if y'all have been on tumblr you've probably seen this meme going around about like um if this had happened the sith and star wars would have been over like you know palpatine being like hey anakin do you want to join the dark side and he's like no you're arrested and then like end credits of star wars like that kind of thing or um obi-wan gives luke the lightsaber and he has that thing where he like looks down the barrel of it and he, he turned it on whoops fuck that's the end of star wars. like that kind of thing but no but like the, these are real <laughs> This is real, though. Like, that's, that's, no, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then the other aspect of the authoritarianism is just that, and I don't know that it takes a whole discussion, but just that you see the Empire's not just taking over its own planets and consolidating power, but they're also expanding. Like, they're already looking to expand into independent systems and the corporate sector. And, like, basically, like, they are wasting no time. What is the corporate sector? Like, where is that? Um, I, I don't know where it is geographically. I take it as like the mining guild. Okay. Because I mean, like I've, you know, if you've seen any map of the Star Wars galaxy, like there's literally a region called the expansion region, right? Like that's where they're trying to like. Oh yeah. So maybe it's there. Yeah. It, knowing the empire, they're not fucking stupid. I feel like they're, I, and I don't know where any of these like actual worlds are, but I'm like, they're probably working from out in so that. Nobody sees what they're doing. That's a good point, actually. Which would make sense why Tarkin is so valuable and so high up, because he was the governor of all these. 
love how Krennic was just like, hey, Tarky, tell Palpy uh, we're <laughs> fucking all the shit up. Yeah. And P- Tarkin was like, yeah, actually, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't agree. I don't like it, but uh, I'm going to do it. Yep. Love it. Cool. That was ended up being a lot more of a discussion than I expected for this episode, to All be right. honest. Um, proud. We love crystals. We do, clearly. AKA diamonds, aka Vinichlorian diamonds. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> they have germs. They do. Uh, we're going to start wrapping up. But first, our announcement. We talked a little bit about this before. I think we've talked about it in the past and certainly on Twitter if you follow us. But our very own Kristen is now doing her very own yeast pod with <laughs> Brian uh, Podfather Larson of Tashi Station fame. And you should all listen and subscribe to the Tashi Station Brew House. Yay, we're brand so, new podcast. We're so proud of Keeks. Keeks, you want to talk a little bit about um, what y'all are doing on that pod? Sure. So, first of all, thank you guys for getting us to into Tashi Station and having us having us meet the folk, great folks there. Um, we're just friends, Cambria. <laughs> I know it's it's wonderful um but no I mean me me and Brian wanted a another outlet to kind of talk about uh Star Wars but specifically uh beer and sports as well <laughs> which are not Star Wars topics um <laughs> even though we talk about those things uh in passing beer more than sports but uh we talk about all of those things here I would argue mm-hmm. um but uh Brian has a little homebrew system um and our thought is to kind of uh, have a once a month episode where um, it's either just the two of us or the two of us in a guest um, where we talk about uh, a bit of Star Wars, a bit of sports, how we, you know, how the guest got into sports, if that's applicable, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we kind of put together a recipe for the next thing Brian's going to brew, um, which is the thought for kind of having a month between each episode. Um, so he can kind of get the necessary supplies and, and brew it and then teach us about it. Um, he is certainly uh, trying to get me to get a similar brew system so that mm-hmm. I can I can do this as well, probably on more of a, two, you know, every two week basis or something like that, uh-huh. which I totally get and I'm very interested in doing, um, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, it's really fun. We had our, our first little pilot episode. It was just the two of us. Um, and I convinced him to brew a Hondo beer because I'm a fucking monster. I love you and, so much. <laughs> and, it so good. and it was very on brand. <laughs> that was fantastic. And um, so um, we're recording this on July 1st. And um, Keeks. Happy to Canada Day, y'all. Yay! If that's applicable. Or, you know, we're all moving to Canada, right? Um, so <laughs> Happy Canada Day, Quinn. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, um, so y'all recorded yesterday, and this weekend yeah. um, the Tashi Station site and podcast feeds are down because um, Brian's doing a little tune-up behind the scenes. Um, so they... Act- the de-hyphening. Yes, the de-hyphening. The great de-hyphening. <laughs> Of TashiStation.net. Um, but y'all um, broadcast on Twitch, which is cool. Um, so the video is still up on Twitch. It's on YouTube as well. And I actually... Um, so I listened today, but I actually really encourage you all, if you are not super familiar with um, the, P- the Pico Brewing System, or even with beer in general, but you're interested, like, definitely listen with the video component, because I actually learned a shit ton. Like, it was legitimately <laughs> fascinating for me. Because you, you guys know... 
so fucking much about beer and we like don't though for like beer people we we know jack shit so if you're a real beer person just know that going into it but for like lay people who aren't from the pacific northwest and like shouldn't know really intimate things about hops like (laughs) it's a good intro (laughs) yeah no totally i was just like no you just like you defined a lot of like like some 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 aspects of beer just like acronym like alphabet soup and he's like i was yeah. like oh so that's what that means anyway it was legitimately fascinating <laughs> because like I, I like i as a human being would legitimately like to know more about beer so it's been very educational for me and um yeah well you're a chem person i am I just, so like yeah. chem biochem it's all very like yeasty i, I mean i was <laughs> listen i i i wound up doing an english major and i almost did either a bio or a chem minor and i still kind of regret that i didn't but no this is like <laughs> way up my alley um and hopefully it's up some of y'all's alley as well and even if it's not just go listen anyway because they they make it really fun um but yeah we're so proud of thank you, you guys we're so proud even of you. if you don't like sports we try to make it passable or some shit yeah i was just i only, <laughs> I only threw up a little bit when you mentioned that you're a red Sox fan so I know. Le- hey, Dad, do the outro. LeBron literally signed with the Lakers as we were recording. Uh. Anyway, thank you for listening to episode 55. 55. Thank you for listening to episode 55 of the Book Wars pod. Uh, next episode, we're going to be finishing Catalyst by James Lucino. That's chapter 22 to the end. Uh, in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at Book Wars Pod on all those platforms. Bookwarspod at gmail.com if you want to email us. Do we check the email? Kate, do you check the email? Yeah! All, okay. Me and Kate check the email, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> cool. Totally. Um, and please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. It is the best way for people to discover the show and, uh, you know, hopefully join our conversation. Uh, if you have the means and are so inclined, please donate to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at coffee.com slash bookwarspod. Um, I, wa- I want to mention that um, a few people have asked us if we're going to Star Wars Celebration, and the answer is yes. Um, and they've asked us... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they've asked us if uh, there's any chance we might have any kind of swag, and we would like to. Um, I feel like... And, like, we would like to, like, just, like hand you a pin like at Star Wars Celebration and not have to like exchange your monies with us because we love you but um uh one thing is that I don't really know like how money's gonna work with that so um if you are so inclined and have the means it'd be really helpful just to have some money to cover our um recording costs because we do use um some online software whatever the hell you want to call it that does cost a little money um so if we could get that covered for the next year then sure i can definitely cook you up some buttons or stickers or whatever you would like yep help us help you yes Yes. that that is our that is our modest goal is to not make your ears bleed of course All right. Other than the screaming. Yes. Oh, and um, for every three dollars we receive on coffee, I will post an adorable picture of Hamlet the hamster. Yep. <laughs> also good. Like, also good. It's fucking worth it, yo. It is. He's fucking adorable. So, and it'll be like, I will take new pictures of him. It won't just be like recycle from his Instagram. Like, I, I, I will make it worth your while, guys. <laughs> yep. All right. And with that, our theme song is "Whiz Bang" by Pottington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terra Design. I am Chris for Kate and Kristen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod, as always. And we will talk to you next week.
Chris, you're Chris, you're sitting in the squeaky chair. You're sitting Fuck. in the squeaky chair. <laughs> We're out of control right now. I'll edit this out, but I have to go pee before we start talking about authoritarianism.